Hello, listener. This is Heaving Bosoms, the podcast where two long-distance best friends recap romance novels to stay connected, remain immersed in the wonder of the genre, and then go on giggly tangents and make dick jokes. We have a very special shout-out this week. Carrie B., Leo, Aaron, and I want to wish you the happiest, most fruitful birthday. We're in awe of your courage to quit a job you weren't passionate about and pursue your green thumb professionally. I, for one, hope a job comes along where you can actually just sniff dirt for a living. Unless you finally get your own farm, because that's where you're meant to be. Until then, keep sewing, making your own tea blends, reading romance with strong women, and letting all of the pedestrians on your commute hear us cackling maniacally. You're a woman after my own heart because I also look at my partner and say, you chose this when I get up to hijinks. Kindred spirits, I'd say. So, happy birthday to the most beautiful pumpkin in the pumpkin patch. And now we've got Holiday by Candlelight by Laurel Greer. Here we go. Oh, hey, Erin. Oh, hi. <laughs> Fancy seeing you here. Oh, oh hello. Oh, hello. <laughs> <laughs> That's how that sounded. Um, guess what came yesterday in my mails? What, what came? Yeah. Guess what I I, what I received yesterday in the mail? Oh, I understand now. <laughs> yes, I'm sorry. What did you? I was talking about an orgasm. You weirdo. Melody says, "Guess what came?" <laughs> I don't know. Come on, man. <laughs> Are you saying that we would never have a conversation where you say, "Guess what came?" and I say, "What, Melody?" and you say, "Me." <laughs> Are you saying that that is an impossible situation? How dare you? Of course it's not. (laughs) I'm sorry. What did you receive non-sexually? Well, I got a little ring light in the mail. (laughs) Ring light in the mail. (laughs) Oh, my God, you guys. Wait, are you using it now? I am not using it now. Okay, I was going to say, if you're using it now, it's not great because it is exactly the same. <laughs> you look radiant and beautiful Thank and you. like such such a ring ring glow. But light. I could look better. But but it's and the exact same lighting. After my <laughs> ring light is on, my ring light is on. <laughs> you guys, we started videotaping our Patreon episodes yeah. and what we learned immediately <laughs> Was <laughs> is that we're living in the past, you guys? We are. No, I was gonna say we are level. We are DevCon most extreme narcissists. Oh, we are so vain, you guys. <laughs> we are so vain. First of all, both of us, without talking to each other, showed up in makeup, full makeup. recording session. <laughs> oh, hello. <laughs> oh. Bye. I just stumbled in here and oh, look like this. Oh, my. so beautiful. <laughs> uh huh. 
and we were fighting with our our lighting because like people just know lighting now and we don't okay so well i have this big i have this desktop screen that's the size of the sun that Mm -hmm. i operate off Mm -hmm. of when we do and it behind it is a window which is usually has a beautiful wintry alaskan mountain scene behind it Mm -hmm. however when it's dark Oh yeah. What the only thing that illuminates me is the screen of this computer. <laughs> and then I've got this this light from Target that I stuffed in the office because David didn't like it on his nightstand mm-hmm. because it's kind of broken. And so I'm trying to like angle this thing to not like face directly at me. That's exactly what I have. I have like but a also I can't bounce it off lamp. the window either. Like the no. light just goes out and I can't I can't bounce it off my blackout curtains either. So I Looked, I look like a ghoul on that video. <laughs> a a very beautiful, belipsticked ghoul, if anything. Thank you. And then also, I tried to fashion bangs halfway through <laughs> the episode because I realized that I have a problem. <laughs> you don't have a problem. Your forehead is perfect. I asked David after the recording if I had a five head, and he said it was like a four and a half head, if anything. <laughs> So I made an appointment to get bangs. <laughs> you did not. Uh-huh. It's on like December something something. But I don't know if the hair salons will be open then because we're doing another lockdown. I don't know what the hair salon situation is. But if Correct. I can't go to the hair salon to get bangs for my hair. Don't lady, cut your own bangs. Don't do it, Erin. My own bangs. <laughs> do you know how I looked? In the, you saw it. It was, it was so beautiful. You looked like Aaron. I love how oh, Aaron looked. That's the worst thing you could say. No, is that I look like that always. No, my, such oh a my head. Gosh, listen, I even and then <laughs> and I even texted you a picture of the last time I had bangs, and it was rough. I like, thought you saw it was, that. I thought you were cute. I think it'll mm. be better now that you have eyebrows. Honestly, <laughs> you bitch. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> what you come here for? Honest. Repartee. Isn't that what I come here for? I mean, that's what a listener not. comes here for. But uh, I do not. I come uh, here for compliments <laughs> and lies. Um, and I also ordered a ring light. It's on its way. It's not. It's not a ring light. It's a It's a loom cube. What is a but loom supposed, cube? Did you get something better than I did? Even tanner and thinner and more God beautiful. God damn it. And my cheeks are going to be so rosy and full you- of life. You had an inside scoop on a thing that's better than a ring light, and Aaron didn't oh, I text did. I Melody. Just fucking, I just, uh, I just googled what is best ring light, and it told me. I'm fucking pissed, Melody. Why would I tell you your lighting is fine? Look <laughs> at yourself. No, no, I could always be better. Oh, I didn't. I didn't even conceive of such a thing. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What a great pal. Well, regardless, you guys, we're doing, if you want to see our stupid faces. (laughs) And Rooster's vagina. And Rooster's whole vagina. (laughs) She also ordered a small, teeny tiny little ring light to hold up to her dog business. So we can see that snatch. Ooh, boy. (laughs) You know what? I was going to say her dog snatch. And I was like, no, Erin, that's too raunchy for even this podcast. Never. Yeah. So we're now doing our Patreon as videos. And we also release the audio for people that like to listen while they drive or whatever. And yeah, it's super fun. And now I have to wear makeup 
all the time when we record. So I think this is going to be helpful for me to like have to wear makeup once on the weekend. Actually, I do too. Yeah. Um, Happy Hanukkah, Melody. Okay, Erin. <laughs> I'm sorry. We were duped. We have to tell the listener we were duped. Yeah. Because here's the thing. This cover has a, it has a menorah with a mm-hmm. many candles lit and then two people, an Eight. auburn-haired lady and a bespectable bespectacled asian dude lighting he's also bespectable he's also bespectable Ooh. yeah very yeah. lighting the final candle and so we thought it was a hanukkah times book and we were really excited to do a hanukkah times book for everybody yeah. because we don't think that any holiday should be ignored but i cannot say that this is a hanukkah book we got a message that said it's a sneaky christmas book But I would argue that it's not even a Christmas times book. We got a message that said that? It was forever ago. It was like when we first did the reading list. I cannot remember who it was from. I feel bad about that. We were already drowning in messages about pestilence, so I probably didn't even see it. (laughs) Correct. So it's not even a Christmas times book. I would go as far as to say this book occurs in December. (laughs) Mostly, it is a skiing times book. It is, if you celebrate avalanches. And um, PTSDs. And PTSD. If that is your favorite December holiday, then we have a book for you. We have a book for you. He's also half Japanese that is mentioned. Dr. What's his last name? Matsuda. Matsuda is half Japanese. It's mentioned early in the book and then never again. Never again. <laughs> never again. So first of all, I didn't really even look at the cover because I I rarely look at covers when it's just like a book we're going to do for the podcast. But the cover should be two people skiing, first of all, maybe like a hand coming out of an avalanche. There should be there should be one person skiing and then another person being like, no. Yeah. (laughs) Wait. No. Please stop. So I didn't really see the cover. And then I saw like the very first line of this thing is Caleb Metsuda wiped his boots on the mat inside the door of the coffee shop. Okay. Mm-hmm. So immediately, because I was like, wait, this is a Hanukkah Times book. And I mm-hmm. swear that the hero was the one who was Jewish. And so literally, mm-hmm. chapter one, I'm on Google being like, Matsuda Jewish name? Question mark? <laughs> sure, sure, sure. <laughs> And we find out in like chapter three or something that his mother is Jewish and his father is Japanese. We get a teeny tiny bit of conversation about like meals that his mom cooks um, for Hanukkah. But other than that, there's nothing. He It's mostly her just walking on eggshells around the fact that he's Jewish as if it's right. some kind of um, like liability or so like if it's some like kind landmine, of landmine. Like- yeah. Yeah, landmine. That's what I'm looking for. Like something she doesn't want to like do the wrong thing. He's Jewish, which is kind of gross, honestly. Well, I mean, I didn't mind that because I liked the fact that she wasn't just ignoring a big part of his heritage. That's accurate. But I will say that it mattered not at all to him because he's not observant. And it's mostly just like, I don't want to say a social thing, but his, his mom gets the family together for Hanukkah and other Jewish events, Jewish holidays. Mm-hmm. You know, she she does that, like, I, I think, like, maybe for tradition's sake, but they don't seem very active 
in the Jewish faith or the the temple or anything like that. And so I don't know. And and his father is literally never mentioned. I don't know if his father is living. Right. We talked to the mom and the brother. He never talks about the fact that he's half Asian other than other than to do a weird comment about like I don't know. What does she say? She says something like, "Oh, you must be into" And he's like, oh, because I'm half Japanese. And that's literally the only oh, time right. we found out what, about it. Why is that? I'm going to Google Japanese and see what happens. I, I know I highlighted it. I, I know what you're talking about. While you're doing that, I just want to say we have attempted now, this is year three, to do a book for Hanukkah. <laughs> the first year yeah. we did Knit One, Girl Two. Which which is a beautiful book about two Jewish women falling in love. It just turned out to be a lot more Florida that like it didn't have Hanukkah in it at all. Right. And then it was extremely short and there was no conflict in it. And it was just great. Mm-hmm. Like it was just wonderful. It was just, it was just like lovely. eating a piece of chocolate. Yeah. And it turned out that we were um, neither interesting nor funny when talking about it because we were just like, just read book. It was yeah. great. <laughs> Um, but I did learn a lot of things about the Jewish faith reading that book. Like, that's a great yeah. book to read if you're interested in reading about a couple of Jewish uh, main characters. However, yeah. not a Hanukkah book. So we didn't put it out for Hanukkah. It, that episode's on our Patreon. That not funny, not very interesting episode is on right? Patreon if you want to go listen to it. Yeah. It was like the second or third episode we ever recorded. And then I tried to do, I think it was called Burning Bright, which was a Hanukkah anthology that mm-hmm. everybody was saying was great last year or the year before. Mm-hmm. We tried to do it this year and it just didn't exist anymore. We also did One Hot December for Hanukkah where the hero was Jewish. And there yeah. was a lot of like Hanukkah stuff in, in it. But that's another kind of like sneaky Christmas book because they right. kind of celebrate both. Like I just want to read a book that's just about Hanukkah and like not... <laughs> Other yeah. hall, like don't sneak other. Which I'm not. Hey, Tiff, Tiffany Rice, we love you. Tiffany right, Rice, listen, we bow down at not, your altar. We just wish we there was a whole Hanukkah book out right. there. Right, that's and all it, we're. It's asking. not out. That's there. all we're saying because Burning Bright's gone now. And so I googled the shit out of Hanukkah romance books, and there's a couple out there that didn't seem like they were our speed. This was hailed as like Harlequin finally publishes a Hanukkah book. Yeah. Like there were articles written about this book. Finally, a oh. breath of fresh air. Harlequin acknowledges that Jewish people exist. What a triumph. Oh. So I really thought we were like, we got it this we time. We were going to nail nope. it. We were going to nail Uh-oh. it on Hanukkah. Hanukkah? No, we didn't no, nail it, you guys. Didn't. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. So let's get into it. I mean, I liked book, Aaron. I liked book fine. Here's something. Okay. What? <laughs> Do you have to tell the listener something, Erin? Is there something Erin needs to tell the listener? I only read the first half of book. <laughs> Listen, this will stop happening, I promise. We're just in a dark, bad time. It's a after lot Christmas, right now. Yeah, after our holiday times, Christmas Yule hiatus, we will start reading all of book. We really do promise. Yes. We're I can, trying our best at the moment. Yeah. I can, with a straight face, say I read most of book. I read enough of book to get gist of book. Totally. Yep. You definitely 53% did. is most of book, you bitch. I saw your face and that's most. I took 50% math. 50% is 53%. Oh, that is I took most. Math. I am so I sorry. Math times. Mm-hmm. You're a math, Aaron. Yeah. I should not even come at you like that. In fact, if you round up to 100, 
Mm-hmm. I read book. That's true. So about that. Wow. Boy, did you ever. Okay. So we have right. Caleb Matsuda and Garnet James. And Garnet James. Did you like name Garnet? I liked name Garnet. I think it's kind of cute. I've never yeah. heard of the name Garnet before. I, I like it, it a lot. Cute. Until he started calling her Jewel, but besides that. Well, she didn't like that either, and more yeah. power to her. Yeah. <laughs> don't, don't. He also tried out Gem at one point. One yes, of he the, did. One of the sub, not subplots, but one of the through lines is he wants to like find a a nickname that's like just for them. And mm-hmm. I think he knocked it out of the park with the first one, but he came yeah. up with another another good nickname as well. Okay. Can't wait so, to find out what it was. <laughs> It was Gigi, which is oh, very I got cute. to Gigi. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. All right. So Caleb Matsuda is showing up to a coffee appointment with a quasi coworker because he works at the clinic in town. He's a doctor who works at the clinic in town, and Garnet is an acupressure energy healer. She's a holistic. She's a holistic specialist. Specialist. And they often team up and like refer patients to each other. So they want the two offices want to have an office party and they both volunteered. And Caleb volunteered because he wants to fit in. Like he's sort of new to town. Mm -hmm. It's been difficult for him to like find friends and get out there. And so he's like, what I'm going to do is I'm going to help do a banger of a party for Christmas Mm -hmm. times. And then I will show up and I will be star of party at Christmas mm-hmm. times and everybody's going to like Caleb. And it's not a bad plan. Do it. It's not. It's not a bad plan. Yeah. So he shows up to this thing and Garnet is adorable. Garnet immediately sets his pants on fire. She's got <laughs> this long flowing curly hair that's auburn and like hints of red and gold and strawberry blonde and stuff. And she's fit and like earthy and she looks like a person that spends a lot of time outside and being a holistic energy healthy person freckles and she's got those freckles Mm -hmm. that he loves and she's got this lush mouth i'm sure of it no yeah a wide mouth in fact her wide mouth is mentioned at one time twice in one sentence so wide Wow, apparently yeah. she's like the joker. Her wide mouth does is wide <laughs> twice in a sentence, which really widened it in my imagination to be a little bit grotesque. <laughs> I herbs that. I did not notice that. Okay, so he yep. shows up. They get sandwiches and they sit down to do their preliminary meeting. And she's like, hi, I'm, I'm sorry. Garnet. Oh, I'm so sorry. You identified Garnet as a sexy woman, but you did not identify Caleb as a sexy man, which he is. I don't think I got there yet because isn't all, okay, all, all right, of chapter okay. one from his perspective? Yeah, but they talk about how he's kind of like a city boy and he dresses up a little too like city-like and his hair is a little too like comby-combed. And- hey, Aaron. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You probably shouldn't come at me about how hot I think Caleb Matsuda is because why he might be number one at the end of next year. I don't know what Caleb I don't know. Matsuda is going to be your number one hero. Um, for Caleb year Matsuda. three or four, whatever it ends up being of our pot of first, we will be is... three or four, four, right? <laughs> I think four. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Woo, no way to tell. No way to tell. No way to predict it. 
he's so fucking hot, just effortlessly virile in a way that Asian men are not depicted in all of media. The one thing that I did like about the fact that like she didn't go too deep into like his half Japanese side is just that I feel like the low hanging fruit of that would be thinking like maybe he'd have some sort of um complex some sort of hang up yeah about being yeah. like the lowest end of like the the male hierarchy yeah and, like the spectrum of you know like yeah yeah and man Caleb is not Caleb is just like confident as he's so confident it's he so is good. gonna get you off with whatever appendage he throws at you I'm just well that's it. a weird thing to say that's such <laughs> I a said like, it. I don't like the idea of just throwing appendages <laughs> do you imagine all heroes with some kind of um, tentacles and like claspers and grabbers <laughs> I mean, the imagination. Are you, in a place, are you in a place where you can't read a romance novel without additional appendages at this point? No! I'm just saying that, like, every time he makes an innuendo, as I like to say, uh-huh. um, it's always like, she, she's like, oh, do you have some skills? And he's like, I could show you some skills. Yeah, and then when I remember he, that When part. he's just about to get her off on that gondola, she's like, we have like half of 13 minutes left. And he's like, that's definitely enough time. Yep. Oh, my God, Caleb. Get that in gondola me. gondola ride is very hot. <laughs> 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 okay. All right. They're meeting. Okay. I just didn't want to no, no, only no, describe right. Garnet. I want everybody no. to know what they both look like. You're right. No, Caleb. He also has glasses. He's They're over very six cute. feet tall. He's a he doctor. Has glasses. He's a doctor. <laughs> he wears he, designer clothes. He, no, he always wears like he's always a little bit dressed up when he goes to work, especially. So he's always got like a button okay. down Bing, boom, and bong. some slacks that just will not quit. His she always talks about his ass in his those ass slacks. slacks. <laughs> oh, just grab it and then bite it. What guys? Huh? She talks about how, like, she's like, oh, he wears too much Gore-Tex and too much Sorel boots. I don't understand. Like, listen, guys, if you're a ski bum in not Alaska, like, let me know. But to me, that just says that he would like to be waterproof. Like, maybe maybe I'm super bougie. But, like, maybe it depends on the steeziness of the area where you are at. But she's, like, making fun of him for wearing Gore-Tex, which I was like... Yeah, because he likes being warm and dry. What's a Gore-Tex? It's a type of, like, material, I guess, that they make coats and stuff out of, boots and things. But it's very expensive. When something you're buying has a Gore-Tex layer, it's going to be a million dollars. But you have to have a Gore-Tex layer if you want to be dry. I don't understand I see what you're saying. Got it. It's not really a brand. It's not like you're not going to buy a Gore-Tex brand coat, but you're going to go buy like an Arcteryx coat that has a that has Gore-Tex. If that makes sense, sense. it's a brand, but it's not a fashion brand. It's a materials brand. I see. All of our army shits made out of Gore-Tex. Like I just didn't understand. I don't understand, ladies, ladies and gents. If you're from a ski area where you make fun of people that wear Gore-Tex, are you an Alpine? If you're, if, yeah, are you a non-flatlander? Are you a slanty lander? <laughs> if you're a slanty lander, tell us what are your fashions. Tell us about your Gore-Tex habits. Whether you because I just feel like Sorel boots are good boots, and That's I don't know all. anything about a Sorel boot. So cool. All yeah. right, so they show up. They sit down. They're talking about the party, and she's like, "I'm so excited about party," and he's like, kind of grumpers a little bit. 
he's a little bit nervous. He's a little bit wants to just like eat her mouth a tiny bit. Mm-hmm. And she says that the only venue that's left as of this point is the lounge, the peakiest lounge on the highest part of the mountain. But not for lack of planning. They had planned a place that like flooded or some, something happened to their original sure. place. They yeah, had a good totes. place planned. I just don't want anyone to think that Caleb's bad at planning. He's good at planning. It's Caleb just, just walked happened. in. He's new yeah. in town. Yes. Yeah. Or maybe Garnon's bad at planning. What I'm saying is their place, something happened. So now they're like five days out and they need to get a good spot. Yeah, absolutely. And, and he weeks, immediately freezes up. <laughs> no, it's before Hanukkah's. So it's probably three weeks out. Sure. About. Okay. So he freezes up and he's like, we absolutely cannot have it on the peakiest part of the highest mountain. Okay. We can't do that. Mm-hmm. I will not have it. And she's like, but the high pine ceilings will be so festive and he's like there's no, a dance absolutely floor not. and the yeah. foods and, and the so yummy foods. Lo- it looks like a snow globe up there that's the one he gets sweaty he gets oh. all clammy and sweaty yeah and he like he can't really talk very much and he's like what about the moose lounge which is like their version of a biker bar i think <laughs> no, the loose moose i think is oh, the what loose it's called. Moose, you're right oh my gosh Xiaomei is obsessed with mooses now. Aaron. I sent you a moose video. I have played it for her 25 times. No way. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. I'll send you all my moose videos that I have. Please do. Because she, anytime I pick up my phone, she follows me around going, moose? See moose? See moose? Well, I, we see mooses all oh. the time up here. I'll, I'll take videos of all of them. I'll send them to you. Do She's you want another uh, moose toy like we sent to for Ember? Yeah, she does. She has... Lo- Ember was like very apathetic about the moose toy, and mm-hmm. Xiaomei has loved it since she was born. I have pictures of her. Oh, so you still have it? It's still toy. intact. Do you need oh, another yeah. one? I mean, she loves a moose. All right, I'll find I, it. I think she'd prefer it to look like a moose now, but like a oh, real moose. My God, yeah. She looked okay. at a picture of a of a just a regular deer the other day, and she was like moose. <laughs> Like, no, baby. No. I thought you were going to say she was deeply disappointed. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> That's not a moose. Okay. So, sorry. The loose moose is like a, like a biker bar. And so, yeah. she's like, we absolutely cannot have it at the gritty, your feet stick to the floor bar mm-hmm. in town. We cannot do sure. that. And he's like, okay, well, then I'm going to call every place in town. And she's like, I've done that. And he is so clammy. And he's so upset. And he's trying to hold it together. And he's just like, just let me try. And she's like, okay. I mean, I guess she knows the manager at the Alpine Ski Uppity Up at the Peak Lounge. And she knows that he'll let her know if anybody else is interested anyway. So she's not super worried about it. So she lets him do his thing. Look, they're really into each other. But when he leaves, they're not friends. No. Because she thinks that he's not believing her and the work that she's doing. And he yeah, doesn't he says, want to show his weakness. He says that her thing is like woo-woo, I think. She says something like, "Don't are you oh. like not cool with holistic healing? And he's like, some of it, I, I think, has a lot of science behind it. But some of it, yeah. I think, is a little woo-woo. Oh, yeah. And she's like, <laughs> nobody yeah. disrespect Garnet and her calling. Which I get. Yeah. I support Fair that. Yeah. I, if I could get an acupressure appointment right now for my shoulders, Jesus Lord, would I. But this, this is the one yeah. where she says the thing that I thought was very weird. They're meeting to plan a Christmas party. 
Okay. Everybody's doing his work, her work, meeting, Christmas party. That is what is being planned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then halfway through this meeting, she's like, hey, Caleb, would you be more comfortable if it were like a holiday party? Because I do know that oh, you're yeah. Jewish. Like, just the way that it was approached was like very strange. It's like, already he's agreed to plan a Christmas party. He's here planning a Christmas party. Like, you don't need to, like, I don't know. It just seemed there was something, like, icky there. Okay, so I certainly don't have the authority to speak on this at all. Neither of us do. It just no. made my hackles go up. Absolutely. Listen, I don't know the author. I don't know her background. I don't know sure. anything about that. However, what I liked about this book, because, again, it's not a Hanukkah Times book. It's also not really a Christmas Times book, because while they have this holiday party, Neither of the holidays are on the page at all. They're both just sort of skipped over. Mm -hmm. And so I guess I didn't mind so much that it was a half Jewish hero who is just effortlessly planning this Christmas party for his coworkers. Mm -hmm. And it, it wasn't like an issue on the page because just going off of like Michael's family, for example, they're all Buddhist. And like their the, his parents are immigrants, they didn't do Christmas where they're from. But it struck me as a book where you watch multiculturalism happen under the dominant culture. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yeah. So it still felt like a real experience, and it didn't feel offensive to me at all. But I do, yeah. I know there are a couple of times where she's like, "Are you um?" okay with er i did a google and yeah and it's that's, very that's, like it's the tone of it it's not yeah. it's not that it was asked it was just it's like how it felt of like she was walking on eggshells is yeah. the thing that was kind of weird about it not that it was asked because i think she could have addressed it like hey what why, why are you so into planning this christmas party or you know like so, you know sure, something sure, like sure. that or, like, do you think we should have, like, Hanukkah stuff there, too? Or, yeah. you know, like, in a brainstorming session. But the way that she was like, hey. Um, right. Caleb, I does this notice. hurt your soul? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, it's very strange. Which anyway. I also think is a perfectly reasonable response to mm-hmm. being a minority in a dominant culture. But you're right. The wording and the tone was always, like, a little bit, like, I don't know. <laughs> She's trying her best, our Garnet. She is. Okay, so here's the thing. Should we just tell them about Caleb's background? Because we get most of it now anyway. So Caleb was this extreme skier. He was a backcountry filmmaker. And yeah, and he was also um he was also a top surgeon in Denver. He was like the big kid on campus at every hospital he's ever worked at. He was the best surgeon no matter where he went. And uh, then He was in this backcountry ski film situation. There was a giant avalanche and his hand was crushed between a rock and a tree. And he was stuck there for, we actually don't know how long. He doesn't ever say how long he was there, but he was trapped under feet of snow. It was long. Yeah. And at least one of his friends died and two others were gravely injured. Mm -hmm. So he's got a a lot of PTSD. And the book is set in Montana. He had to leave Denver because at his old hospital, after he had like 17 surgeries and was rehabbing his hand, 
he was a doctor at that point. He was like an ER doctor or like a general doctor around. He's a trauma the surgeon before. He was a trauma surgeon before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he couldn't handle everybody looking at him with pity anymore. And mm-hmm. so he was like, I need to choose a direction. And he said he could have gone back to New York where his family is from and st- most of them still live. But he thought to himself, no, I need to pick a place where I can get a lot of exposure therapy, basically. So I'm going to move to small town ski resort, Montana. And try to find me a girl who doesn't ski. Yeah. And (laughs) like, it didn't make a lot of sense. But I think I think that's because deep down, he was always going to love it. Yeah. Yeah. But he's had absolutely zero interest in even going on a bunny hill. He can't be around the mountain. It makes him very, very nervous. He also has a lot of survivor's guilt. Yes. Because they pulled him out first. And maybe if Mm -hmm. they wouldn't have pulled him out first, he would be the one that was dead. And his friends would be the ones that had a hurt hand. Yeah. Okay. So then the next thing that happens is we get a bunch of conversations with Garnet and some coworkers who are in books one and two. Who also like survived Avalanche. Avalanche is like catalyst for all books, it seems like. I think so. Yeah. Okay. So Garnet's like, hey, what's the scoop on this dude? And they're like, ooh, are you interested in Dr. Doomy? Which is his nickname because he's hot as He's hot. And he's so goddamn competent. And apparently he has an ass that won't quit and pecks that are hard as stone or something. (laughs) And so. (laughs) Molly's very into Caleb. (laughs) Love Caleb. So. uh, (laughs) No, honestly, it was just so refreshing to see. Like, it was just really, really nice because it's something we don't see enough, you know? Okay. So then one of the coworkers is like, you have to come to Loose Moose because it's going to be all of like the ski patrollers and I don't want to be alone. a hockey game maybe? I don't know. There was hockey talk there if there wasn't a game to be watched. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So Garnet shows up and then Caleb shows up because he was invited by Zach, I think, his friend. So they start chatting. Well, Caleb gets there first and then Garnet comes. Oh. And everybody else is there, like, in their ski stuff, having just come off the hill. But Garnet arrives. She's not working that day. She does does holistic schmirschmir part-time, and she's also ski patrol part-time. Yes. Um, And she's on the search and rescue team because she is so cool. I believe that's a volunteer position, though. Yes. And then, so she's not working that day. So she shows up in just, like, some jeans. Everybody else is skiing and everybody else is talking about hockey and she sits next to Caleb and she feels very, she's, she's the only woman there that's not coupled. She's mm-hmm. the only person there that knows nothing about hockey. She has no idea what happened on the slopes today. She's not talking. And then all of a sudden she blurts out something about like, of course you guys all like hockey because you're Canadians, which is like treated as a very offensive or like rude thing to say all right because there's a girl who's flirting with caleb Uh marisol marisol is flirting with caleb and they're talking about hockeys yeah and so she blurts out because she doesn't like that they're flirting but she also can't understand why yeah why is she so upset that the hot 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 doctor is flirting With yeah. Marisol. And also, Marisol, like, reaches over and, like, touches him to be like, oh, I'm so sorry that 
something happened oh, yeah. or whatever. I'm oh, so because sorry she, about when avalanche. She, no, 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 no. <laughs> oh, no, no? I'm so sorry that you and your ex-girlfriend broke up. Let me oh, touch up yeah. on you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so then oh, she's that like. That was the thing that she said. I'm sorry. I was just kind of flipping. Yeah. She says she thought that he would be very into holistic treatments because he was part Japanese. That's the other thing she says this night. She doesn't say that, though. He thinks she is. Yeah. She's like, I thought you'd be more into like holistic blah, 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 because and she sort of trails off and he's like, because I'm part Japanese. Right. And then she's like, no, because you refer people to the clinic. Mm-hmm. You told me that you had a couple of different therapies or something like that. Right. Then she makes a Canadian's comment. She's just not, you guys, she's striking out a lot. She's it's not all over going the place. well for her. She's very awkward. And then Caleb decides to be a nice bro. Uh-huh. Yeah. And he puts his arm around her chair. Not around her, but around, around her, her chair. chair. To say, Garnet part of group. Yeah, hey, you're cool here. Caleb approved Garnet. Yeah. And she feels very good about that. And then Marisol kind of backs off because she's yeah, like, no, oh, I guess maybe Marisol sees yeah. something might be going on. She sees the energy of their auras just meshing and doing each other. <laughs> the auras are doing each other. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and so Marisol's like, I'm going to find another man, man named Lachlan. I'm going to flirt with Lachlan. <laughs> sure, sure. That's probably book 18. Okay, yeah. so <laughs> then everybody, they do pool that They start night. playing pools, yeah. And Garnet's very good at pool, like really good at pool. We've gotten hints from Garnet. So Caleb's hang-up is avalanche PTSD. Yes. Garnet's hang-up is that she loses herself in boyfriend's runaway bride style. So yes. Garnet does not know how she likes her eggs, whatever boyfriend she's with. Correct. She gets into whatever they're into and she has no hobbies or interests of her own. Garnet, when she's alone, has no personality. Something that I can really identify with. <laughs> <laughs> so she is like very good at pool. We find out that she's good at pool because she dated a guy who had a pool table. In high school. Yeah. So she got very good at it so that she could fit in with him. Everybody leaves, and then it's just them for a while. Right. And so Caleb is like, do you want to play pool? And I think she's like, I'm not putting my hand on your penis or something like yeah, that. She's, she's like, so <laughs> weird. Well, they say, like, they it's say, oh, we're going to play a game. He wants, oh, that's it. She, he says he he wants her to teach her him how to be so good at pool. Yes. And she's like, it's not like I can spoon you from behind and like, this isn't going to be sexy. Okay. Right, right, right. And he's like, yeah, I just wanted to know how to play pool better. About angles and planning (laughs) shots? Yeah. About calling pockets maybe? Do you know what a combo is? Yeah. (laughs) Let Caleb know. (laughs) Yeah, so then she's like, okay, well, we could make a wager. They go back and forth on what the wager is. Finally, they settle on having the party at the place that gives him the PTSD symptoms is right. the wager. And the reason that happens is because she basically like gives him a look of sympathy when that's even brought up. And he's like, you know what? No, fuck that and fuck you and fuck everyone. It, mm-hmm. This is this is Caleb's MO. Somebody hints around at his weakness and he's like, Caleb crush weakness. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Caleb laugh in the face of weakness. Oh, <laughs> 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 and it's that's a, a perfect impression. Spot on. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, wait. But after he says, 
he just wants to play pool. Like, yeah. she's like, I can't spoon you or whatever. And he's like, I just don't want to go home. I want to learn about pool. And she's like, okay, but it seemed like we were kind of flirting earlier a little bit. When yeah. We talked about the thing. And then you put your arm around my chair. And um, he's like, well, I thought you needed a save from yeah. how fucking terribly awkward you were in that conversation. And she was like, oh, okay. And also, like, that you were flirting with me, maybe? And he's like, I just want to play pool, Garnet. And she's like, okay, 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 okay. But then when they do play the pool. Oh, he does do a big flirt. Very, very flirty. I can see how Garnet very confused by his signals. Yeah, but the other thing I really, really like about this book is that it's too fucking grown-ups just looking at problems head-on and talking about them yeah it's really really nice because this is right like before any of this happens she calls him on the woo-woo shit Mm -hmm. and he's like hey i'm sorry i really didn't mean it like that it was insulting and unprofessional we might not totally align ideologically but like can we still play pool question mark yeah and so every time one of them has a worry or anything like that they just immediately talk about it and it's really fucking nice it's really refreshing yeah yeah so she gets to the point where she's obviously going to win but then she's like oh god i don't want to win and force this guy who clearly has ptsd to go up to this plate you know it's like oh god and right at some point he says hey garnet if you're gonna win win like just just win yeah which sexiest words have never been said I when know. a man tells you to win oh mm. <laughs> i am into it but also he's like putting his booty up on the table or whatever yeah okay but then she does the shot she does the winning shot yeah 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 yeah, yeah. wait 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 no wait, 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 wait. Real quick oh, i just have to read no, one passage no, god damn it no, no. so because i love their inner monologues are so sexy the whole time even when the sex isn't happening so she's lining up a shot not a winning shot okay so she's like pool shark lesson number one patience With his cue resting on the edge of the table and his unscarred hand displayed on the wood, his forearm muscles stood out in impressive relief. He rolled up his sleeves before his turn. (laughs) Something about a turned up cuff made Garnet's knees shaky. All of us, Garnet. Like at the coffee shop, he was a little overdressed, but he sure as hell wore it well. Crisp cotton over broad shoulders. His dress pants advertised the fact that he had an ass that didn't quit. He coughed. Is lesson number two to stare at your opponent and throw off his his technique? <laughs> and she's like, oh, I'm so awkward. That's really cute. And this is when he starts calling her Sharky. But then she lines up the shot. He's like, tell me what you're doing. And she's like, I'm going to put a schmurf spin on I'm gonna it. I'm going to put an English on it. I'm going to put English on it. It's going to schmurf off the flarb at an angle. And it's going to go and then in the he pocket. says, damn, it's so hot when you get technical like that. <sighs> a sheer sexual growl roughened his voice. She jolted, screwing up her aim. The cue ball spun too hard, sending the purple four ball careening off the rail. Mm-hmm. And she goes, you did that on purpose. And he smirked. And she goes, literally dirty pool, Dr. Mitsuda. And he like lifts a shoulder. <laughs> hot. Then when it's she hot. goes to do again. She mm-hmm. goes, if you talk during my shot this time, I will kill you. And then he goes, kiss me. And she's like, kill you. And he's like, but you're under mistletoes. Yeah. And then she fucks up her shot yeah. and loses. But he still says, let's just do it at the Peak Lodge. That's clearly the better venue. Let's just do it. But he does take his left hand and he does brush a, a thumb over her cheekbone. He's always she, brushing up on her. God damn. Yeah, it's so good. 
and, right. the, and she is like, you have calluses on your hands. Are you left-handed? Which is really, really <laughs> sexy stuff, Garnet. <laughs> Good job, um, Garnet. He's like, no, I have to use my left hand for most things because of avalanche. <laughs> and then yeah. that is the end of that sexy maneuver. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, but like throughout this whole book, he's always brushing a finger over her bottom lip or like brushing a finger down her jawbone. Love a trace, love a brush, Jesus. love a bottom lip, love Whoa. a jawbone, love a cheekbone. <laughs> love it. So now he goes to kiss her. He glances up at the mistletoe again. And she goes, not a good idea. And he says, yeah. not good or not smart. He hitched a hip. Oh, God, I love it. He's hitching hips every which way all the time <laughs> over this thing. <laughs> He's always leaning a hip. <laughs> Ooh, he hitched a hip on the table a few inches from her. Holy crackers, he smelled fantastic. I knew you were going to pick up on holy crackers, he smelled fantastic. <laughs> I read that line and I was insane. like, if Melody does not read that out loud, I will donate a million dollars to, I don't know, something that only Melody likes. <laughs> okay, clean, a little warm, a little spicy, warm, lickable, entirely good, but entirely wrong, not smart. Okay. So then the next meeting that they have, they do another planning meeting Yeah, at four o'clock at night at a coffee shop. And he arrives and he has a migraine because one time during the day he thought about a mountain. And then he was like, oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not laughing at PTSD. I'm laughing at how ridiculous PTSD can be. Yeah, He thought about a mountain and then it fucked his whole day up. Which really sucks because he does live at mountain. So it's pretty hard for him. So he goes to meet her. She can tell that he's not feeling good. So he sa- she says, why don't we go to my office? I will give you a holistic massage. Yeah, 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 I will yeah. treat your headache. And then we can yeah, go yeah, to yeah. the tree lighting afterwards. Oh, yeah. Do you want to go to the tree lighting with me? It's where, always a thing. nothing will get done for the Christmas planning party. Right. However, yeah. a lot will get done between me and you. But she will touch up on him, you know? She does. She goes and touches up on him. It does feel good. She makes him oh. smell an essential oil, which I wasn't happy about. But then it's she does It's just a big do... relax. That's just I just relax. feel like, don't put stuff in front of my nose. I used to do this as a <laughs> yoga teacher. I used to, like, do the rub and the... Now I'm just like, don't make me smell things. I choose what I smell. Fair I enough. make smell choices for myself. Oh, my That's God. Can I, I tell you a really quick story? You can. Okay. So Ember went out today with Michael to the shop because nobody was there. Michael was just like doing back work or whatever. And they had to go into a deserted hallway to check if a package was there or something. And Ember let out this insane fart. <laughs> and my <laughs> Michael was like, oh, my God, Ember. <laughs> Was that you? And everyone was like, yeah. <laughs> and then, I shit you not, a detector went off. No. Like a detector that does not detect farts started beeping because my child was so rank that it was like gases, eminent, beep, 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 beep. <laughs> one time, we have this big air filter in the bedroom, and one time a dog farted, and the air filter started going. <laughs> Like, like it went from not like sensing anything wrong to like red alert, DEFCON most extreme air filter situation. It was pretty great. Yeah. 
Anyway, sometimes you cannot choose what you smell, Erin. Okay. No, I know that. Here's what. I don't <laughs> mind going into a place and there's like an oil thing going. She just like takes the lid off a thing and yeah. like puts it under his nose. I hate it when people do that. I hate it when people are like, smell this you. and like put it in front of you. I hate that. I hate that. I hear you. That's so all. she does a big pressure up on him. She does a massage. She does a scalp, scalp and, massage. A, and a, oh God, a scalp and a face and a shoulder and a neck. And she, oh, I... I was so attracted to Garnet this whole book because yeah, I, I was about to say Caleb's going to so be your number badly. one. Garnet's going to be your number one. Oh my god! Yeah, and then he's sitting there and he's feeling relaxed and good and like into it, and so he leans in to kiss her, and she's also into it. But then she backs up really quickly and she's like, "Oh, this is my place of work. This is my treatment room." Ha. And he's like, oh, yep, totally. Yes. So then they show up at the tree lighting and it's a couple thing. Yeah, everybody's there with couples. And then she does a big handhold. Well, because he gets nervous about something because maybe somebody says the word snow or like, <laughs> here's here's the thing. that's It's just funny to me that he's got such a hair trigger for his PTSD and they are mm. all mountain related. And I don't know if this was therapeutically recommended in any way that he go live in Mountain Town, but it just seems like a bad, bad, bad idea in this juncture right. of his recovery. And it, of course, it's a romance novel, so it, work, it works out great. But it just seems like every time he's like, oh, God, a snowflake, and then he like loses his shit. It's like, well, yeah. you're in a place where there's lots of snowflakes, Caleb, mm-hmm. maybe maybe Miami or something for like a little bit, you know? I know. I know. That's what I would have done. Honestly. I forget what it is. Something sets him off though. And that's when she holds, that's when she holds his hand. It's a big comfort. It might've actually been talking about skiing or something like that. Yeah. But anyway, so then she's looking at him and she misses the tree lighting. Hmm. She's like, Oh no, I missed it. And he's like, I'm so sorry that I did that to you. She's like, I've seen this every year for my whole life. So it's kind of okay. Mm Mm-hmm. I know what it was. They tell Zach that they're going up to the Peaky Lounge on the uppityest part of the mountain. Mm. And he's like, I'm just not going to go, basically. So she's like, what are you going to do? And he's like, I'll help you plan the party and then I won't go. She suggests that he practice going by going halfway up the mountain with her on a chairlift to have lunch at the snack bar. Mm -hmm. And then maybe later practicing on the gondola going all the way up the mountain. I don't uh, like I know PTSD is not logical. I just feel like chairlift is much scarier than gondola, regardless of height of mountain. Chairlift is going to be scarier. Yeah. But they decide to go have lunch together the -hmm. next day or a couple days later and take the chairlift up to the snack bar, which is at the halfway mark. And he does that because his friend Zach is like, wait a second, you are thinking of going halfway up a mountain? And he's like, yeah, Yeah. fuck you, Zach. Fuck you, I would take I'm a chairlift too. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So then he says it's a date. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> so they go, she's in her ski patrol stuff. Ooh. And she like brings him to the front of the line. He's like yeah. in jeans and boots. And everybody else is skiing. He doesn't realize that he had been he had been admiring her effortless ski technique on the way down because he didn't mm-hmm. know it was her. And then she comes up to him and she's like, oh, hello, I'm here now. And I thought I would uh, take a chairlift with you. And he's like, ah, I thought hot lady was going to meet me up so that she wouldn't see me be scared. <laughs> <laughs> and then she takes me to the front of the line and he's like, ah, 
I was going to use line to to mentally prepare, but uh, here I am on the mm-hmm. chairlift. <laughs> like God, that chairlift just hits his knees, and I really thought he was going to fall flat on his face on that chairlift. I'm glad he did. But didn't. he he gets on. He pulls. I don't remember if it's him or her that pulls the bar down. But they're she not does. alone. They're not alone on the lift, and right. like the the other skiers on the lift are like eye roll. Like this guy's pulling the bar down. You know. Yeah. Oh yeah. She mom arms him back. He's gonna fall, and she yeah, like yeah, yeah, thumps yeah. him back into the chair. Yes. It was hot. It was hot. Garnet's a goddamn hero. Like she's yeah. just so sexy. She holds his hand on the ski lift. Yeah. Very nice. Mm-hmm. They go to the snack bar, and then it's kind of on after the snack. Like I don't know. And he then, gets very uh-huh. forward at snack bar, mm-hmm. I feel like. Yeah. Because this is where he, like, holds both of their things in, like, one hand and then just, like, schnorkels her whole face with the other hand. Do you know what I'm talking about? What? Like, okay, you know how I try... <laughs> at, at, like, snack bar, you have... Normally I understand no. your shorthand, but right how now dare. I do not. No, listen, hey. No, you know how at a snack bar you have, You got like, trays trays yeah mm-hmm. and he's got his tray and he might have also her tray and then he balances everything on one arm oh, and then yeah, yeah, he yeah. uses his other hand to like schnorkel her face and i remember being like this is a lot of coordination doctor like are you sure that you can't do surgeries with that hand right well i think he's holding the trays with his his healthy hand and then he's Schnorfling her with her. I can't schnorfle a face with an injured hand. Either way, yeah, it's impressive. Fair. I just feel like these are skills. Listen, he may have an injured hand, but it is more dexterous than my non-injured hand is, I guess, what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Oh, 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 I got it. Okay. So she's like, your money's no good here. And he says, all right, I'll get the next one. And it says the next one, warmth edged her ears, feeling optimistic. And he goes, should I be? Her tray tipped a little. Blur, 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 blur. And then it says, holding his tray one-handed, he brushed a thumb across her cheek. His hungry gaze dipped from her lips down her body. I and just found says, it very oh impressive. My. That's all. Yeah. So oh, after oh, the optimistic oh, wait, thing, wait. she says, yeah, I don't yeah. know. He says, I do. He said, putting, yes, this is it. Putting the food on both their trays and guiding her toward the register. So he like takes her food puts it on his tray he's still got it one arm he's like but i'm not in a hurry yeah so she's like i don't know if you should be optimistic and he's like Ooh, I, do, I do but like i can wait to get in your pants until yep. it's time Ooh, mm-hmm. caleb hot stuff i would be a puddle on the floor if caleb were yeah. in front of me i'm sorry that's what would happen they make small talk and they make they confessions about, about their past she talks about how like she wasn't ever impressive enough for her parents which is a storyline i'm very tired of in romance novels mm. of like i chose career that wasn't what parents career wanted it's it's so it's yeah. like listen author who wrote this book you're very good this is not your fault i'm not i'm not trying to shit on this author i'm just personally yeah. tired of this one as being yeah. like a, a a hang-up thing like guys fair enough <laughs> and he's like my parents are kind of awesome they just wanted us to succeed they didn't care how we did it mm-hmm. and it's great so then she's got to go get batteries for her radio in a small ski yeah, yeah, shack yeah yeah, yeah 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 so she goes to the small ski shack and once they get inside it he gets PTSD. A little bit. He's sweaty because he does mm-hmm. see a sled in there that is the kind of sled that you use to take somebody down the mountain when they're injured. And it reminds right. him of the time that 
he was in the avalanche. And so he gets freaked out and she schnurkles up on him to comfort him. And then they do a big makeout in that shed. Boy, do they do a big makeout in that shack to the point that like he's thinking about tossing her up on the rickety table and seeing what it can take. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you One know? of them says like, oh, I wish there was mistletoe here so I have the pretense to kiss you. And then the other one's like, no pretense needed. And it's a big hot. Hot. So then they break apart after this like just panty melting kiss i do not in this book i do not understand why they do not have sex every time they should have sex i don't understand why they're not doing it well in this shed i don't get why they don't go all the way in the gondola i don't get why they don't do it on hanukkah time (laughs) i every time they're like no wait it makes no sense to me do it well it does make sense (laughs) this time because she has to go back to work no it does how long does it no how she just took so much time for her lunch break to help a man who was in an avalanche go up a schmurschmur and then have exactly. lunch with him. If she takes another 15 minutes to get back to work and they're like, where were you, James? And she's like, oh, yeah, I was helping PTSD avalanche man get over his PTSD. With my vagina. He freaked out in the shed over there. And I was helping him get over his PTSD, which with is my vagina. True. She doesn't have to say that part. <laughs> Listen, no I understand one it. would blink an eye. And you know no. who would be happy? Melody and Aaron. Well, that's And also true. Caleb and Garnet. That's true. Everyone happy. However, there is another point in the gondola where he's like about to put his finger on her clit. And he's like, I should have waited until I had you in my bed. Because I think they sort of want their first time to like not be lame or inconvenient or like you know first times with it with a person are already a lot of sure you know i get it negotiations but you know what's a really hot how do first you like time it? ski yeah, shed fair that's a great first time you know what else is a really hot first time <laughs> gondola yeah that's true i mean they basically do have a first time because she comes like a geyser you know <laughs> listen, <laughs> maybe listen my wedding involved a gondola. Maybe I'm a little bit too romantic about all the ski shit. I don't know. But I just felt like they should have gone all the way every time they had the opportunity. Like I the, hear you. Every time I they were like, no, that. no, wait, we must come up for air. I did not understand why. That's all. But also, this is this is not an erotic romance. We see basically the first sexy times and then the rest of it is all like, then they went and had a sexy shower. And then they went, they went all the way in the bed this time. Or like, he got to see her back tattoo again. And like, it's never explicit again, you know? I can't wait for one of us to write a book. (laughs) And then he saw her back tattoo again. And then they did it in the shower, comma, sexy times in the shower, comma, came like a geyser. Comma, was not inconvenient because in shower. (laughs) (laughs) Comma, you bet. (laughs) All right. Holy cats. What a great sex. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. All right. We got to get cooking. We're an hour in. We do. Okay. Well, I mean, you know, the last part is going to be me just telling it to you. So it shouldn't take that long. Can't wait. All right. 
So then he goes back down the mountain, and then maybe they don't see each other for a little while. He invites her to Hanukkah dinner. That's the one. So and that that's what you're like, okay, here it goes. Now we're going to really Hanukkah, Hanukkah this shit up. Hanukkah. <laughs> because earlier he had, a, he had a conversation with his mom where she was like, yeah, I'm prepping everything for dinner. And like, I know you can't come out for now. But I really want you to be with people on Hanukkah if you can. So, like, I don't care who you invite over, but invite people over. Do not spend right. Hanukkah alone. She knows that her son's having some trouble meeting yeah. friends. Yeah, because all of his ways to make friends, he now doesn't have access to. And so a lot of this book is not only his PTSD, but it's also him navigating how to be basically a brand new person. Because while he sort right. of misses skiing, he knows that he's never going to be like the thrill seeker, risk taker that he was. And he always gravitated toward those people and like very active people. And now he's like, you know, I, I don't want to put myself in that position again. And so it's tough to make new friends. Okay. <clears throat> Is he sort of rewriting his whole personality and all of his habits mm -hmm. so all right so she's like hey do you want to come to trivia at the loose moose and he's like oh right. i gotta work but i'll make it up to you how about hanukkah dinner and she's like yes so hanukkah rolls around and everybody like two-thirds of the people who were invited to the dinner are late because there has been a rescue and zach the leader of the rescue squad is like Garnet, I don't know, is going to be extra late. She had she had to go up. She got hung up on the glacier somehow and then her phone died and cuz she's on the ropes team. She does like all the all the ice climbing to get the people out. And so this is how he learns that she's on the search and rescue team. He didn't know that before. Mm -hmm. She's late because she actually goes home to shower and change and then come over to his house. What's up? Nothing. I just can't wait to find out more about how this book goes. What? You got to the six. You got to 53%. I know. Was she on his search and rescue team? No. No. Oh, okay. I thought that might have come out later in the book, you know? No, because she's constantly learning things about this avalanche. No, you know what it was? It was in Canada somewhere. Oh, it wasn't here? Mm-mm. How come all avalanche survivors happen to be here in Montana then? Well, because Zach, I think, was part of the team slash... I don't know. Movie he was production? part of the team or the rescue squad there. Mm -hmm. I can't remember. And Caleb knew him and that's why. Okay. Okay. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Okay. And so Zach moved to Montana. Caleb needed a, a direction. Zach was like, Montana, great. Also have mountain exposure therapy. Sure. And Caleb sure, sure, was sure. like, can't wait. Be there with bells on. Wonderful. All right. So Garnet shows up and he goes to answer the door and he goes outside in just his beautiful i don't know short sleeves and <laughs> he goes outside in the clothes, <laughs> the clothes he's, wearing. he's wearing you guys melody is so into this guy <laughs> <laughs> he's wearing clothes on his body <laughs> and he wears them oh, outside <laughs> and so she shows up and she's like this is when she's like i brought wine but also i can go put it back in my car if that's offensive because i did a google and apparently you're not supposed to bring things to people's houses on hanukkah because you're not supposed to get presents for the host and so i don't really know what to do but i also felt weird coming empty-handed and he's like garnet 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 thank you for the thought 
I'm not observant. You're adorable. Can we please make out? And she's like, yeah. yes. Yes. So they do a so hot, they do. hotty, they hotty do make hot, out. Some hot make out. But then they're like, we've got to get into the house or our friends will know. Yeah. He's like, everybody's going to know what we're up to. And she gets this really sort of devastated look on her face. And she's like, oh, I wasn't really worried about that. And he's like, mm-hmm. oh, good. I'm not either. Make out, make out, make out some more. <laughs> and then Zach pokes his head out and he's like, lamb smells great in here or whatever. No, the, thing, the things on the quiche things are dinging. Ding, ding, ding. ding we're ding, done. Ding, ding. No, listen. Hey, guys, if you're at somebody's house and they're outside making out with somebody and the thing dings on the get oven. Get the quiches out. Get the shit out of the oven. Just leave them to make out. Hey, man. don't get cock blocker, asshole. Yeah. <laughs> Zach? Yeah. Or a cunt blocker. You know where a potholder is. Jesus. Yeah. Anyways, so he has to go back in and get those quiche boys out of the oven. <laughs> That's the one. And then they really skip over the whole Hanukkah portion whole of Hanukkah's the... Whole Hanukkah's over now. <laughs> of the dinner. None of more Hanukkah happens. No candle lighting. There wasn't a, no. a, a gift nothing. exchanged. There no. wasn't a nothing. Not a Hanukkah's. dreidel in sight, you guys. No. The, no. the word dreidel is in this, though, because she says, I did a Google. I Googled dreidels. And he's like, did dreidels come up? And she's like, <laughs> yes. They uh, did. Yeah. Um, so then after Hanukkah times, everybody's going to leave. And then one of her coworkers is like, are you okay to be here alone with Caleb? Right. And she's like, yeah, I like Caleb. I'm going to fuck him later. Caleb, great. Big fan Caleb. And that, <laughs> that coworker's like... Caleb has a lot of trauma and PTSD, and I don't know if he's ready for a relationship, and I don't think the two of you are a good fit. And she's like, fuck you. Get out of my sight. Thank you, Garnet. Good job. Yeah. Because fuck you, Zach. Wait, was that Zach? It was totally Zach. No. It absolutely was. All right. So then everybody leaves. She's doing the dishes, and then Caleb does the hottest thing anybody can do when you're doing the dishes, and that is he comes up and he cages her in with his goddamn arms on the counter, and then he leans down and he does a big nibble on her neck, and he's like, oh, I'm so glad you stayed over. We should make out some more, and she's like, you're the hottest man I've ever seen in my life. What was it, Zach? It was Zach! Whoa, Melody Red Book. How did I, she know? I thought All it right. was Lachlan. No, Lachlan doesn't know them like that. Well, it sounded like somebody didn't really know them like that, to be <laughs> honest with you. You know what? You've got a good point. Okay. All right. But then. So then they start. I don't remember doing, why they don't do it. That's the thing. They get, I don't remember. They kind of, then they're like, oh, what, what? he gets into her hair and he's like, what are your intentions with me? No, he, but it's similar. <laughs> <laughs> no, he gets he he schnurfles into her hair and he's like, "What are we doing here?" Oh yeah, and she's like, "I don't I don't know what we're doing here. Should we talk about it?" And then they're like, "Yeah, let's talk about it." And then they have wine and talk about it, and she reveals and it's a great to, talk. Yeah, it's okay. I mean, he says that his ex girlfriend after the avalanche, she was like a very extreme oh my sports gosh. person. Yes, really. I'm so sorry. It's just that oh, God, he's so cute. Um. They're about to start the talk, and he says, before we get into the nitty gritty, I want you to know, the corner of his mouth tugged up, you make me smile. I've oh, and I have smiling. smiling. Oh, yeah, my God. What a swoon so this man is. Very. He's a big, strange. giant swoon. 
All right. Listener, if you hear some stinky, stinky wet mouth sounds on my end of the recording, that is Rooster. Yeah, that's Rooster the dog. She's gone back to bed. Um, Okay. She's a medium dog and a dog medium. She is both a medium dog and a dog medium. (laughs) She is the the inventor of Bitchcoin. She is the CEO of of Rooster Sports, Rooster Fantasies, Mm -hmm. several other small independent businesses. We only talk about Rooster's fantasies on patreon do not mention that here i'm sorry she does own some condos in wisconsin (laughs) um, but she had to give them up when she filed for bankruptcy which happened in 2015 when she lost her email password is she still trying to sell all your tupperwares (laughs) she was having tupperware parties (laughs) you guys this is not a lie this is 100 true i came home one day and all of my Tupperwares were all spread all over the living room and the dining room. And I said to my husband, what's up with all the Tupperwares? And he said, I was going to ask you the same thing. And then he said, oh, Rooster's having a Tupperware party. She's selling all your Tupperwares. Because all she needs to get out of her bankruptcy is $6. And she's trying That's to right. make $6. So she was trying to sell my Tupperware. And I will say, Chickaloo Kate has come up with a wonderful bitchcoin button on her heaving bosoms merch site i would encourage you to buy some bitchcoin merch i will however say that rooster gets not a single dollar yeah none of of it will go to rooster (laughs) no she's not responsible enough and if she wants those six dollars she needs to hustle it on her own what's she gonna do she doesn't have pockets she doesn't have a bank account i don't know what she'd do with six dollars if i gave it to her and she only accepts bitchcoin which doesn't exist so I don't know what she wants. Anyway, if you do hear those mouth sounds, those are from my stinky old dog rooster. Okay. Yeah. Okay. What were we doing? So please okay, go back so, to their, so their she, inner struggles. So they have, this, they have this conversation. He talks about how his ex-girlfriend after the avalanche broke up with him because she was very into these extreme sports. And he kind of couldn't stomach that anymore. And that drove a wedge between them and they broke up. She talks about how her most recent boyfriend, who was in some kind of like a a snazzy master's program. Right. (laughs) Same with her. Yeah. Didn't like her being on the ski patrol because it was interfering with like various events and things that she wanted. He wanted her to be at. And she was was taking time away from him. He was like, oh, I don't want to tell my parents that you're basically a ski bum. And she was like, wait a second. He didn't like how super, super steezy she was and how she would go up and, you know, shred NARS and things. (laughs) All those. Yeah. Yeah, that's ski ski stuff. Cool. He didn't like it. It was too yeah. she shredded too hard for him. So right. they realize that's kind of the same thing with them because he can't really mm-hmm. stomach the extreme sports and he doesn't like hearing about her search and rescue and ski patrol activities, and she's not gonna give that stuff up. Yeah. And so she's like, Maybe I should head home after all. And he says, No, just because we don't have everything in common doesn't invalidate what we do have. And she says, doesn't Which is and he what? says a draw, Garnet, that indefinable thing that makes you want more of a person. You're a package of mysteries, and something's pulling me to discover what's hidden underneath your well of energy and beautiful smile. Caleb. Mm-hmm. Caleb. Yeah. Anyway, so they do more of a makeout, and then I think they fall asleep on the couch together. Yeah, like they come up for air. They're like having a hot makeout. And then she like <gasps> comes up out of the makeout and then she just like snuggles under his chin and just like falls asleep. And I'm like, no, what? No, I don't understand. 
we all agreed that that he doesn't need to be a skier to have sex with you. So have sex with him. Like I don't. Okay, but I will say that he's already trying to like fit himself into her mold because he's like maybe I could recertify for certain rescue and be like on the mm-hmm. on the back end of it, like be a radio guy or something. Sure. And she says you don't need to research for SAR. Or want to go into the backcountry, but I'd really like to be able to take some turns with you now and again. On the boring old blue groomers, nary an unstable slope in sight. And so he sort of like croaks maybe. And then she says, friends is okay too. And he says, dregs of arousal still lingered from having her body pressed to him, disagreeing with her. No, Garnet, I'm not sure it is. Mm-hmm. So anyway, at the end of this, the next morning they wake up because I think three a.m. The they morning. wake up. Yeah, yeah. Does she go home though? Yeah, she goes home, but she says, "Um, let's go skiing on Sunday." No, he says, "Let's go skiing." Oh, because okay. he's trying to prove to her, I can be a ski boy mm-hmm. sometimes. I can mm-hmm. do a tiny ski. I can with do you. A, a small blue square ski hill. Yeah, with you. So then the next time they meet up. They go do a big ski, and by, like, midday, he's on double black diamonds again. Yeah, he's fine. What the fuck, Her, everybody? No, listen, no, I don't I don't think you understand, Melody, how therapy and professional help is nothing in the face of a magical vagina. Not in the face of Garnet's pheromones. Holy wow. Because every time he even gets a little bit nervous this whole day... Thinking about the gondola a week ago at their very first meeting made him fully shut down. Now he can totally go up to the top of the mountain on the gondola as long as she's snurfling him. It's nuts. Uh And and, and all it takes is like a hand brush and a kiss on the cheek and like a like a, a a booty a booty shake, you know? Mm -hmm. Like she does a little little koi fish. A little clownfish up on him. (laughs) (laughs) It's a koi fish. Do they even do that? No, no, they're not near anemones. No, it's a clownfish. I just couldn't it's think clownfish. of the word. But also, they do a lot of like, tell me five things that you can see and four things that you can smell. That and, is true. And yeah. that is a real thing. That's a great way to get yourself yeah, out yeah, of yeah, an yeah, anxiety yeah. attack or a Absolutely. PTSD episode. Um, but it just, it was a little bit, it was a lot. It was a little bit. Yeah. It was a little bit and a lot. It was a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I wish... I wish that he had gone like the Bunny Hill day one and then six months later he was on the double black diamonds. I wish the epilogue was double black diamonds, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. You would hate this epilogue. Boy, would you hate it. Well, and that's why <laughs> I didn't finish book. You are wise, Aaron. You are imminently yeah. wise. Wise beyond my years. All right. So they're like talking about dinner or whatever. And they're like, oh, my gosh, we're so sore from all the moguls that we just slashed that we're gonna we're gonna go what that's what they you don't do the way you do that to moguls do you carve them up those are those little hilly boys yeah but it's like on a on a 90 degree on like a 75 degree angle they were going down and moguling yeah these guys are slanty landers they are they're hardcore slanty landers okay so then She's so flustered by the time they get like to the parking lot or whatever that she's like, okay, um, come to my house, I guess. Because they'd been they'd been saying they really need a hot tub, and Caleb has a hot tub, but she's so flustered that she invites him over to her house. So he shows up at her house and he's like, I don't even know if this bitch wants me here. I want to be here, but like, I don't know. It was really weird. 
So she shows up at the door and we find out the reason is because she's never had a guy at this place because she's been doing the whole like, I'm going to get to know Garnet. I'm going to find out what Garnet mm-hmm. loves and what's important to Garnet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then they do an adorable dinner and then they roast a s'more at the fireplace and then it is on TM mm-hmm. and it's a hot. It's good. He gets her right in the vagina and she loves it. <laughs> Doesn't he <know? laughs> He got her right where it counted. Boy, did he. Um, yeah, she asked him to touch up on her clit and he's like, my absolute pleasure. And then it's geyser time, Wait, everybody. We totally missed gondola times. When they came back <gasps> down on the That's gondola. That's why she was so flustered. Yeah. Oh. When they came back down on that gondola, she like got her friend to get them one that was just them. Yeah, 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 yeah. they got it on in that gondola a little bit. Then he, he really teased her. the fuck out of yeah. her. He kind of makes her beg for it, which is kind of hot. It's a big consent boner because he's like touching up on her and then he goes down to her waistband and he's like, do you want anything else from me? And she's like, yes, I need you to touch me immediately. And he was like, oh, would you would you like that? Mm -hmm. She's like, please. And so then he does put his fingers all up on her. (laughs) (laughs) At one point she says, I need you an inch lower. And he goes exactly an inch lower, which is like not quite on the money. And she's like, like, damn your surgical precision. Like, I I cannot (laughs) with you right now. It's great. Also during the sex, you know how we feel about scar touching and scar licking here on the Heaving Bosoms podcast. Correct. She does like do a bunch of hand touching but she's not tracing his scars. She's just she not he's caring just about his scars. Which yes. is, guys, that's the way to deal with scars. Don't listen. Breast cancer survivor in the beast has scarred Correct. me as much as it scarred them. No scar licking. Just treat Don't them do like it. they're a part of the body. The end. Yeah, and he's like, she's just tracing my whole hand, going over the scars, and then not. If they're in her path. Hand tracing also. Very hot. Oh, do a hand, hand tracing. tracing. Yeah, hand tracing. Boy. <laughs> all right i will say that it says i don't know they're like giggling about something while they're making out or whatever and then he circles his hips grinding into her and she whimpers and then he says i will always take getting you off very seriously and I- she goes a promise and he says a damned vow garnet Ooh. oh boy okay and now it is melody only and it's gonna get rough from here but we're gonna do it okay okay so caleb wakes up cocooned in garnet's cozy bed and they're face to face because they don't read us the rest of the book (laughs) 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 don't be a dick nose i'm sorry okay so he comes out she gets an sar call he's got like warning bells going off in his brain but he's like this is a me problem this is not a her problem and so i'm not going to burden her with this essentially they do a little bit of talking about when he broke up with his last girlfriend and it was it was like two months after the avalanche she was like why won't you go up to the tippity top of the mountain with me and he's like my hand is still crushed <laughs> she sounds great yeah no it's fine they they wanted different things he wanted to recover and she wanted to yeah, still he, not have her he life wanted changed. to recover from a very <laughs> insane physical and emotional and mental injury mm-hmm. and um, she wanted to go skiing yeah 
And so she is like on high alert for anybody trying to change her life in any way. And so she goes, I need to know that you can handle my patrolling and my rescue work. And he's like, I used to be on SAR. Like, I'm totally cool. And she's like, really? And he says, listen, I'll let you know if there's anything that we need to like renegotiate. But until then, I think we just go about our lives Mm -hmm. business as usual, except together sometimes, essentially. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And she's like, okay. And then they have uh, off-the-page shower sex. Okay. Ooh. So then it's the morning of the party. And he is on call the night before. And so they were supposed to spend the whole day organizing things and putting decorations up or whatever. And he's basically like, ugh, I did a whole big overnight. And uh, mm-hmm. yuck. So she brings him some of the pie that she did for her Christmas, like, you know, they've been talking a lot about pie. I recall. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. It's, she did a, a rough run. Is that what it's called? I don't know. Where you make a pie as practice for the one you're going to make for trial holiday. Sure. She does. I mean, I don't know if there's a word for that specifically for pies. It seems (laughs) like it would be weird if there were. I'm gonna go with rough run. Every time I do word for that for pies, waitress would have told us about it. Fair. However, (laughs) I will say that I have never organized enough to do a rough run for any baking situation I do. I just go by the seat of my pants and hope it doesn't burn. I can't even read the whole book for the podcast I'm on. (laughs) So she gets there. And they had sort of had this weird thing the night before because they were supposed to hang out, but she was on a search and rescue situation Mm -hmm. that went long. And then he got to her house at like nine o'clock, found out that she tweaked her knee carrying a gurney over a gully or something like that. Those gurney gullies. That's the one. And then he got called into the hospital and she's like, oh, it seemed like he had a really weird angry face on when he found out about my search and rescue mm-hmm. situation and they never talked about it. So then she does the thing that I have been guilty of 10,000 times in my life, which is the next time you see the person, no matter the fact that it's like the wrong time to talk about it because yeah. he has done an all nighter. She's been stewing on it since last night. Mm-hmm. And so he's got his pie and his coffee. He's dead on his feet. They get into the car and she's like, no, I think we really need to talk about this search and rescue situation and we're going to talk about it until we're done. And he's like, mm-hmm. no, we're not. And so he's he says stupid things like, I just don't want you to be the one. Like he gets sarcastic and he's like, you could be the one that needs the search and rescue or smur smur. It's yeah. not like that, but mm-hmm. you know. Sure. And then he falls asleep in the middle of the fight on the way home. Yeah, I have I have bing boom bong. I have some yeah. relationship advice for RHBs. Hey, Ooh, let's do it. Listen, unorthodox as it is, go to bed angry. Go to bed angry. Try it. Yes. It's great. Do Wake it. up forgetting why you were angry. <laughs> it's incredible. <laughs> it does so much for relationship. Go to bed angry. Your anger may keep you up late. It may be hard to go to bed. You may have to go bed on a couch. But when you wake up in the morning, you'll be less angry. Yeah. And then you'll be able to have a rational conversation. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah, incredible. No, seriously. That and I also had to learn, let the person disengage. Mm-hmm. If they say, I need to go for a walk. 
You, you need have to, to let, let them. them leave the premises because otherwise it's bad. Anyway, so she's like, I don't want to be around you anymore at all. I'll see you at four. And he's like, great. I'll see you at four to help you set up for our party. <laughs> so then he shows up for the party. They do like decorations. They try to talk about it. And they're both just sort of not ready for it, I think. And then during the party, they're all glitz and glam and doing all the business. And it's a great party. Everybody's having a wonderful time. Except that he keeps sort of watching her dance around the room because her avoidance mechanism is just to dance all night. And so then Zach is like, hey, looks like there's some trouble in paradise. Fuck you, Zach. Yeah, I know, right? You caused some of the no trouble. No one wants you planted to read your seed. book, Zach. Well, I think it was number two, so who knows? Yeah, so then he's like, man, I really need to go and make this up to her. So he starts dancing with her, and they do a big dance. And even though they don't really get a lot done, you know, like they don't they don't get to talk a bunch because Lachlan comes over, the guy who doesn't know them very well, or at least doesn't know Caleb. And he's like, hey, Garnet, are you ready for the the rope, the the hang off the side of a cliff recertification that we're doing next week? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And she's like, yep, can't wait to use my ice picks and really get down there. Yeah. And Caleb's like, but he's not saying anything. So then they go home and they do more sex. And this sort of keeps rinsing and repeating mm-hmm. throughout the rest of the book. Just like we didn't see any Hanukkah, we also don't see any Christmas because both okay. of them work overnights or whatever. Sure. They're both on call. And then she doesn't invite him to her family's dinner. And that's totally off the page. We never see it. Mm-hmm. If this epilogue involves kids, I'm going to be pretty pissed. okay i'm just gonna skip ahead to like the biggest conflict because i've done this setup for their whole situation sure they keep on doing cute things he like he brings her an adorable christmas present it's two bangles one of them has garnets in it and the other one has um like a smoky quartz stone in it because it reminded him of her gray eyes because he's a goddamn dreamboat he's a dreamboat Yeah, and then he has a PTSD moment there. I can't remember why, Mm -hmm. but she walks him through that, and it's good, and they're, like, good to go. Then he's like, I'm having these hard times because his whole thing is I can't handle you being in a situation where, like, I'm going to get the call that Mm -hmm. you're you're in trouble. You know, like, there has been an avalanche, and, like, this is the thing. So he's like, is there any way that you could maybe just not be on the front lines all the time? Like if you could just do 30% less of the actual in the field stuff and maybe be, I don't know, the safety officer sometimes. And she's like, hey, that sounds like a really great thing. I can totally do that. So she gets called out on this rescue. The sheriff is like, Garnet, your lead climber person going down into the place where the broken person is and she's like actually i would like to be safety officer this time i don't feel comfortable climbing and he's Mm -hmm. like how dare you garnet i say you do the thing and so you should Mm -hmm. and she's like no i think that i should be safety officer because madison can go down Mm -hmm. and madison had a baby five months ago but she also just had her recertification for this type of rescue and she's gung-ho about going down i think her name is madison it could not be so then on the rescue 
there's a big gust of wind. Gust of wind. Madison flies away. Madison gets thwocked with the gurney before they even get to the dude and breaks her arm. She gets a big broken arm bone. Yeah. And I was going to say femur, but I'm pretty sure that's the leg. That is a leg. Humorous. That might also be a leg. Anyway, so... Then mm-hmm. Patella. That's no. That's close. a knee, that's a knee one. I broke <laughs> that one. one. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, she breaks an arm bone, and so then Garnet has to go do the rescue of two people now. So then Caleb is at the hospital, and he finds out about Madison. I think her name is Madison because she comes in. <laughs> sure. <laughs> he's like, and he's like, oh my god, and then he sees her husband come in and he's got this like devastated look on his face like is she gonna be okay is my baby motherless like that whole thing and he does a big giant freak out but he pulls himself together and then zach comes consummate problem zach comes over (sighs) just constant problem he comes over and he's like, boy, your girl can climb, Caleb. Boy, she did a big climb and she did all the things. And like, man, she really got in there in the thick of the danger. And so <laughs> then he does like an extra big freak out. And he goes out into the um, like herb garden of the um, hospital. Oh, yeah. The hospital herb garden. Right. <laughs> he's not wearing any kind of coat or anything. And then like soft footsteps come up and Garnet's like, oh, hey. Fancy meeting you here. And he's like, I thought you could be dead. Then she's like, listen, I can shift positions on the search and rescue because she sort of defended herself to the sheriff because he says none of this would have happened if you were down there instead of Madison. And she's like, first of all, I followed protocols because a preoccupied rescuer is not a good rescuer. I didn't think that I was the right person for this job. And I made a perfectly rational Mm -hmm, decision mm -hmm. that would be the same thing that happened this time, except it would be me with a broken arm and Madison who had to save everybody. So like, shut your fucking mouth, even though she's also, you know, doing the what ifs in her brain. Sure, 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 sure. Then she shows up and she's like, Caleb, I basically loves you. Who wouldn't? And... uh, He's already been like, I'm, I loves her totally. Yeah. And so she's like, I can switch positions on the search and rescue and I can do more background work and we can like work up to this as you get more used to it. We can renegotiate. We can like keep this on the table, but I can take a big step back. And he's like, I can't be the man who does that to you. And she's like, okay, but I'm telling you that I'm not making this decision for you. Mm -hmm. I am making it for me. And I know that because I'm the girl who makes decisions for her partner and because of her partner. I've learned not to do that. This is a garnet decision. And he's like, I can't take away something that you love that much. And she goes, but you are at -hmm. this point telling me that I need to give up something that I love a lot. And that's you. You you dick nose. Yeah. And then he's like, I'm doing a big freak out. I can't even. And he breaks up with her. Mm-hmm. So then she's like, don't come to that wedding that I forgot to tell you and listener about. Yeah, I forgot to tell you listener, but she did invite him to that wedding on New Year's Boy, Eve. Boy, was he a plus one at a wedding he was that you a don't plus know one about? For her at that wedding of her coworker <laughs> that was in a previous book on New Year's That's Eve. That's the one. Yeah. yeah. And she's like, come or don't come, whatever. But like, you stay away from me. And she fucks off. Then, he has a big talk with his brother. He calls his mom, but his brother answers the Skype. So we find out that his brother is a widower 
and he lost his husband to cancer. And so they're talking and he's like, all right, you know what I want you to do? Because you're being a dumbass and you love this woman and you want to be with her. I want you to picture her with cancer. What? Where do you want to be when she has cancer? And he's like, Ooh. I want to be at her bedside holding her Ooh, hand. And he's that's like, a rough one. Yeah. Or brother. Yeah. So brother like really just punches him right in the nards, mm-hmm. right in the emotional nards, you know? Yeah. So he does the cancer thing and then he's like, that's the one. (laughs) He's like, what about, (laughs) what about a car accident? Where do you want to be? And he's like, I want to be getting the call. I want to be at the hospital. Hell, I'll be in the car with her, you know? Sure. And then he's like, okay, what about an avalanche? And he's like, no, I want to be right right beside her. I want to be telling her that they are going to get out. And it might feel like cement on your chest right now, but like we're going to get through it together and we're going to get saved. And I would go back into an avalanche to be with this woman. And so he's like, here I go. I'm going to get dressed up for this wedding (laughs) in a three piece motherfucking suit. (laughs) Yeah, into the avalanche. Okay. Three piece suit goes to wedding he like he tries to like get a, a talk going basically during the ceremony and she's like hold your nuts bro there is a wedding that's happening that hold we need to watch onto your heart nards that's for just a second <laughs> and then she gets all soft because he cries at weddings and he looks at her and he's like weddings are my weakness and he's so fucking hot doing a big <laughs> big sexy cry at a wedding in his three-piece yeah. suit then they go off to the side and she's trying to hold herself back. But they basically end up just like making out against the church wall with everybody right there. Hot. But then Lachlan or somebody comes over and they're like, Garnet, there has been a big car accident in this blizzard that I forgot to tell you about that's happening right now. Sure. And we need somebody to climb up and get the three people out of the car. And she's like, I'm on it. And then she looks at him and she goes, are you okay? And he's like, yes, I'm going to go to the hospital to be ready to be a big heroic doctor. So then 30 minutes go by and he's on tenterhooks and he's like, can I even deal with this? But when she comes in, she is like on that gurney doing a big um, uh, contractions and mm-hmm. nope, she's no. doing, she's no. doing the compressions, ventilator. compressions, compressions, That's compressions. That's the one. No, no, somebody else is doing compressions, but she's doing Staying the ventilator. Squeeze. She's the got bag. this sexy the- look of <laughs> determination on her sure. face. And he realizes, holy cats, she is destined. She is the perfect combination of skilled and empathetic to be the perfect rescuer. And she's so good at it. And she's so hot because she's so competent. And I mm-hmm. can't wait to save the person that she got out of that wreck. It's a granny. If anybody wanted to know, he's about to save a grandmother. And sure. so she, so he's wheeling this lady out and he is so hot for her right now. Garnet, not the granny, not, not the gravely no. injured granny. No, no, no one thought. And so he <laughs> throws over his shoulder. He throws over a big, I love you. Yeah. And then she says back, do you want me to wait? And he can't talk to her because the doors are closing and he's about to help in the OR. He's about to use his surgical knowledge to guide another doctor through stitching this granny back together. Sure. But then she five hours pieces? later... Yeah, mm-hmm. she is in that waiting room and 
they know that they basically missed the reception. They could go back and make an appearance, but they're not going to because he comes out and he's like, you need to be the best you can possibly be. And I'm going to be there with you because you are the best rescuer in the whole wide world. And I love you to pieces. And I just think it's our destinies to be together. And we're going to be on Black Diamonds. And we're he, there's a lot of emotional stuff in there, too. That's really great. Yeah. And then um, they're basically like on top of each other in this waiting room. And then That's this strange. nurse comes out. I know. What happens there? nurse like okay. squeaks down the hallway in her nurse shoes, just squeak, like doing squeak, her squeak. job, you know, just doing her job. And he's like, should we get out of Nurse Ratchet's way and let her go about her business? And she's like, I think not. I think we're too involved in our super emotional sexy pants conversation. And so... And poor, poor nurse Ratchet is over there just being like, this is this is an awkward, but I got to fill out this chart. And they're pouring their hearts out to each other. Then they do a, a sometime go to like maybe a supply closet or something. So much of do... this has confused me about the waiting more... room times. I, me too. And then not, not because I don't know what happened, but because it happened that way. Okay. Both for me. Listen, so they're together forever now, yeah. happily ever after. And then the epilogue is they're at a baby shower for somebody else. He is super late because he had uh, a big smarty pants keynote speech to give mm-hmm. and at surgery times. And he also had an quote unquote errand to run. And so he comes in and she is fucking pissed. She's like. What possibly could have taken you that long that you were going to be late to our dear friend's baby shower? Meanwhile, baby's there. Like, baby, it's it's a post-baby time. She's holding a baby. He says that he she has never looked more sexy than cooing at a baby of or course, whatever. Of God. <laughs> I've you never looked it. less sexy than trying to hold a baby. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and then she's like, what what is so important? She and he's like, Garnet, can you just chill out? Because I don't want to do it here. And she's like, nothing could be God. more important than a baby shower, except maybe a wedding. He, Caleb. Oh my God. And then he's like, Garnet, I am not doing this at our dear friend's baby shower. It's their this baby is why shower. I don't read epilogues. This is ruining the and whole then, book for me. And then the friend says, No, do it, do it, do it, do it. It's my baby shower. And I say, Do it. And so, boy, does he get down. And they have a really awkward proposal in mm-hmm. which he never super asks the question. And she keeps on being like, Caleb, ask the question. Caleb, ask the question. And then finally he asks the question and then she doesn't make words. And then she says something like a total non sequitur. And he's like, answer the question. And it's very Caleb and Garnet. And they are engaged now. At least they're not having kids yet. Oh, I think he asked for four kids during that whole thing. Well, I would like to know in advance who's giving up their career for those kids. Because these two are on call every hour of the day. Constantly. And like David and I, we don't want kids, but we could not have kids with our current work setup. Somebody would have to give up their job. And these two are in the same pack where neither of them knows where each other is at any given time. Right. And you can't have kids that way. Sorry, guys. I wonder who's going to give up their passion. It's one of them. It would have to be nanny times or something. Or they could have a live-in nanny, but I, I don't... They're expensive. I don't know if they would do that either. They're very expensive. Anyway. And I don't think part-time ski patrol pays that much. Nope. But maybe. So there's book. Great job, Melody. Mm-hmm. Good. <laughs> Good job, Melody. <laughs> I liked book. I did. I like book. 
I think that there were some things that were there were about some it. things that were a little squirrely. I didn't like how much she pushed him into confronting his various PTSD issues. I wish yeah. I wish it was less of a magical vagina and more of a therapeutically recommended course of treatment right. to get him through this right. situation. There's but. some therapy like in the background, but it's not it, it's no. n- Yeah, so Aaron, uh do you have a lady love? Is that what we do now? <laughs> now is lady love time, right? Or is now plug time? Is it plug wow. times? Are we getting plugged now? No, it's, <laughs> no, it's lady loves first, you weirdo. Okay, I don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember my lady love. I have two lady loves. Mm-hmm. One of them is a little film called Over the Moon. If you want some really, really incredible Asian representation... I need you to go on Disney Plus and Isn't watch the, the little over girl and like the, the myth, and she like yes. wants to build a rocket ship or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's yeah. Good. All of the characters are Asian, and all of the voice actors are also Asian. So Philippa Sue is Chang'e, the goddess, and good got Philippa Sue from Hamilton. Yeah, Ooh. oh, Hot. she. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So it is amazing. Trigger warning for loss of a mother because it is a yeah. Disney movie. And so, boy, is there a tragedy right at the beginning that had me sobbing. Is this beautiful story about a girl mourning the loss of her mother and yet learning to make room for more family and more love and accepting that in the future? And it is so fun. It is beautiful. And my other lady love has got to be a a plug for our Patreon, sort of. But that is, you know what feels really good sometimes? Is this about your song? (laughs) (laughs) Writing a parody song. No, bing boom bong. I'm cutting you off. I'm cutting you off. (laughs) This will be my lady love. Because... Melody wrote this song. If you guys recall, in Thanksgiving Groom two weeks ago, there was a heroine who made up songs to Christmas songs that were annoying to the hero, and we made some fun about that during the episode. Yeah. Then Melody totally well, no, you did like a well, you did like a weird musical interlude in the in the yeah, episode. I wrote that too. Yeah, that she didn't tell me about in the middle of the episode. It was just like dingly dingly ding. Jingle bells, this is Melody. I'm singing on the episode. And I was like, that's strange when I listen to it. And then also just completely unbeknownst to me, not workshopped with Aaron whatsoever. This Patreon episode comes out with fucking sound effects and shit. This yeah. just Melody singing Oh Holy Night. Wait. Yeah, Oh Holy Night, right? Yeah. Which is my favorite Christmas song, by the way. I'm sorry, it was not Melody singing. It was Penelope, remember? She got in touch with me. She was really pissed off that we doubted her talents about making up songs on the fly. And she was like, I recorded some of it, including all of my snowy footsteps. There might be a goat noise in there. (laughs) And she sent it to me. And I published it. So thank you, Penelope. When that goat... <laughs> I lost my shit. Like, I nearly <laughs> peed my pants. There's... In the middle, there's this goat that goes... <laughs> and then Melody sings, Was that a bear? <laughs> 
I lost my shit. It made me so happy. And I had no warning that this was even happening, you guys. It came up on my RSS feed just like anybody else. Melody sings Penelope's Schmurfers. And I was like, the fuck is this? Oh, it was so good. Oh, it made my heart sore. We haven't even talked Thank about you. it. We, <laughs> no, we haven't. I haven't even acknowledged to you that this happened. And it was a week ago. <laughs> Gosh. Man, it was so much fun. I'd put up some random rooster shit on the Patreon if I knew how. <laughs> I have no idea how the Patreon uh, even fucking works. Oh, no, <laughs> Oh, Yeah, it was so fun. Write a parody song, you guys. Send it out to more than 500 people, and it feels good. <laughs> was that a bear? A bear. I swear I heard a bear. <laughs> so I know karate. I can probs fight a bear. <laughs> I can probs fight a bear. I remember now. Oh, it's my favorite Christmas song. Ooh, it was so fun. It was so fun. And Old okay. Holy Night is the Christmas song that 100% makes me cry every time. Me too. <laughs> me too. For some reason, I'm a total atheist. And for some reason, uh-huh. Fall on Your Knees makes me cry every single yep. time. Same. Do you recall Same. that this book is called Holiday by Candlelight? And it involved neither holidays nor candlelight? No, I did not. And they're lighting a menorah yep. on the cover. Sorry, I just glimpsed the cover. It should be ski people on the cover. Or again, yeah. a hand coming up out of an avalanche. How, <laughs> how romantic. Just a hand yeah. coming out over it. Maybe they could put hearts on it or something. This romance yeah, yeah, yeah. novel. Uh, we're on Okay, Aaron. We got Instagram. Plug, we got to get plugged. Heaping is bosoms. My new phrase. Oh God, is that what it's going to be now? Um, all right, <laughs> plug us. Plug us up. Um, yeah. uh, we're on Instagram <laughs> at heaving bosoms. We're on Twitter at heaving underscore bosom bosoms. Mm-hmm. We've we fire tweets. Just some real hot takes. Ooh, yeah. Uh, let's see what else. At Facebook, we're heaving bosoms podcast. The Facebook group, which includes like. 3,000 of your most closest wonderful friends Mm -hmm. is the Heaving Bosoms Geriatric Friendship Cult. The Patreon is Heaving Bosoms Podcast on Patreon where you can find bonus books, bonus movies, that song we were talking about, (laughs) Psycho Stripper, Killing Me Softly, Extra Christmas Movies. Extra author interviews. Extra author interview bonuses. Some of our friends have come on. Um, Cole watching Mm -hmm. True Blood. Just a lot of extra stuff on there. It's great stuff. And movies now. Movie times. No, I mean movies like of us. Videos. That's what I meant. Videos. Oh, yeah. And now it's videos of us. You can see our faces. And all of the crazy physical stuff we do that you never get to, that we sort of describe to you every once in a while. <laughs> but mostly um, don't. For That's example, true. when Melody just talked about a hand coming out of a, the snow, she just put her <laughs> hand on her forehead and then wiggled her fingers, which is very strange. Um, and that's all the places we are. Hey, guys, listen. Hey, the Heaving Bosoms Reading Embrace is about to close. We're going to do a special Heaving Bosoms Reading yeah. Embrace episode where we talk about all the winners and what you guys read and how you are. We're going to embrace you. Um, if you That's complete the, the Heaving Bosoms Reading Embrace, please email us everything that you read to complete it. This is on the website if you still haven't seen it. 
And, right. and you still have time to do it if you want to. You do. Because you can read one book. And if you tell us how it's tangentially related to all the categories, we will mention you in the thing. If you're that's in the, the Heaving Bosoms Geriatric Friendship Cult, there's like a chart that's being passed around that you there's can use the chart yep. instead of spreadsheet. Instead of emailing us, that's fine. I'm sure Natalie's got a handle on the chart slash yeah. spreadsheet Oh, yeah. Well. Natalie is the business. Hire Natalie, you guys. Yeah. Also. Hire Natalie. Uh, we also have merch stores. We have the Chickaloo Kate merch store. We have the Tea Public merch store. We have the mm-hmm. Read Black Romance uh, merch design that goes toward black charities. Uh, just, yep. hey, get those for your HB in your life for holiday. Yeah. <laughs> do it. You probably are the HB in your life, though, to be honest, if you're <laughs> listening to this. Hey, I also have to do a big thank you to everybody who mentions us to your friends. I love from the bottom of my soul everybody who rates us on apple podcasts if you don't even want to write anything just like you know hit the stars i would suggest five but however many you think we deserve however is also many you fine think we deserve five. if you want to write a little something it lifts my spirits every time and sometimes you guys i really need it um, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah thank you to everybody who's already done that and um we love you. So. We love you. Keep being a badass. And love yourself as much as you love squeezing your heart nards. So tight. <laughs> <laughs> Is that good? That's so good. All right. Bye, Erin. Bye, Mel. Hey, you. Yes, listener, you. Are you loving the show? If so, please leave a rating and review in your podcast app. The 90 seconds you take to say something nice not only helps new people find the show, but it makes me super smile over at HBHQ. Also, I've had a few people ask, and the answer is yes. We are still doing the five-star bribe. If you leave us a review with five stars, then we'll do whatever book you want. We're real, real deep into the list, though, so it might be a while. Ah, Lilas! Okay, back to the show. <laughs>